you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Acts chapter 26, if you have your Bibles this morning, I do covet your prayers. I'm going to be ministering three times today here in Lebanon and back here tonight. And I need the help of the Lord today, and I feel the task that is set before me this morning and the sincerity of this moment. And I want to do more than just stand in this pulpit and preach a 40-minute sermon. But I want to touch hearts by the word of the Lord this morning and let God do what only He can do. Acts chapter 26, verse number 28 Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. By the help of the Lord this morning, I want to preach almost persuaded almost persuaded. Would you pray with me now? Lord, we need your help this morning to speak what you've put upon my heart. I pray, God, that where my words run short, that your spirit speaks to hearts. Let every heart and every life, every man, woman, boy, or girl in this room today be touched by the power of the Almighty God, that your word would accomplish the purpose for which you were sending it, that lives may be changed today. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. God bless you. You can be seated today. The news reporters properly chose the headlines when they penned the words, Miracles Still Happen. In Utah, an 11-year-old boy by the name of Brennan Hawkins vanished from a Boy Scout camp and was found alive and in good condition after spending four days lost in the rugged Utah wilderness. The youngster from, from Salt Lake City, Utah, suburb there, was found just before noon, about 150 feet off the main road, about five miles from where he was camping with other Boy Scout campers. His family said he didn't have a good sense of direction. I guess the outcome proved that. The boy's mother, Jody Hawkins, said people say that the heavens are closed and God no longer answers prayer. But we are here to unequivocally tell you that the heavens are not closed and prayers are answered and children still come home. 
She told reporters as the family arrived at the primary children's medical center, God has answered our prayer. Volunteer Forrester, a 43-year-old house painter from Salt Lake City, was part of the group that was searching for Brandon. Standing in the, they found him standing in the middle of a trail. He was all muddy and wet. The part of the story that was even more tragic was that the boy was lost, and some of the volunteer searchers that were on horseback had made multiple trips by where he was. The part of the story that was more tragic was that the boy was found only 100 feet, 150 feet off of the main road, but the fact that the fact that those who found him had made several passes by the area, but the boy was too scared to respond or to move or to cry out for help. And so he stayed hidden behind the rocks where he was until they literally found him hidden in the rocks. What a, what a tragedy to be so close to being found, but choosing to live lost. D.L. Moody, by his own admission, made what he called his biggest mistake of his ministry. October the 8th, 1871, he had been preaching in the city of Chicago, and that particular night, he said he drew the largest audience that he had ever drawn. He preached his heart. The message was straightforward and was compelling. He titled his message, What Will You Do With Jesus, Who Is Called the Christ? By the end of the service, he was tired. He, was, he concluded his message. But this night, he did something different than he had done all the other nights. This night, instead of giving an altar appeal and an altar call, he told them he was giving them a week to think over what he had preached. And he wanted them to come back the next week with a made-up mind and a decision on what he would do. As he closed, the soloist began to sing and the service ended, but shortly after the final note of music, the sounds of Chicago were drowned out by clanging bells, wailing and screaming through the streets because of what was known as the Great Chicago Fire. It was blazing, leaving a tragic aftermath. Hundreds were dead. And over 100,000 people were left homeless because of this tragic fire. Several who heard his message that night that were not given an opportunity to respond died in that fire, never given another opportunity to come and give their life to the Lord. He reflected on this remorsefully as he wrote about it, and he wished that he would have never, that he would have never made such statements of giving the audience a week to ponder and think about what he was saying but instead he said I wished I would have called them and given them the demand and helped them to understand the importance of the hour. Could I impress upon you this morning that this could be an incredibly important moment in your life for this is the day of salvation. When I read that story I thought about our text. Acts chapter 26, verse 28, after the apostle Paul talks to King Agrippa and he gives him all the story and tells him what he must do to be saved. At the end of all of it, King Agrippa looks at the apostle Paul and he said, Paul, almost 
you persuaded me. You almost did it. I couldn't tell you the number of times that I've been in church services and heard people say, if you would have sang that song one more time, if the preacher would have made one more appeal, if there would have been one more opportunity, I, I almost came, I almost responded, I almost turned my life to the Lord, I almost made a change. But can I come to tell you this morning that almost will not get you saved? I want you to know that whether you choose to respond today will be up to you. But this pastor wants nothing more than for every person in this room to leave here today assuredly knowing that they are ready to meet the Lord. This pastor stands in this pulpit this morning. I'll not come to where you are. I'll not pull you, drag you. But I will compel you from this pulpit and tell you this is the day that the Lord has made. I am going to rejoice and be glad in it. And I'm going to make sure that I'm ready to meet the Lord. I want to point out to you that Satan knows exactly how to distract you from being saved. He wants you to be another almost statistic. The voices of the world will do everything they can to drown out the overpowering message of the gospel that I bring to you this morning. There may be some here today who will not hear this message and will just reject it and not hear anything I have to say simply because you are too distracted. Too many voices around you. Too many voices on the outside. Too many thoughts running through your mind always saying, I'm going to get my life in order. As soon as I get things worked out, as soon as I get my life in order. But I come this morning to tell you that you don't need to wait. Now is the acceptable time. It's the work of the enemy to distract you, to keep you in a lost condition. Somebody is so close to hearing the word of the Lord this morning. I come this morning to tell you don't be another King Agrippa. Don't, don't leave here this morning and say, Pastor, almost persuaded me this morning. I almost responded. Can I tell you today that you need to look at the reality of this moment? The coming of the Lord is so very, very near. Somebody will all, almost hear from God today, but you will miss what is being said in your heart because you'll refuse to respond. You don't have to live like that. You don't have to live another day lost without God. God's not asking you to give up anything that He won't replace your life with. I want you to know this morning I'm living the best life. I'm living the blessed life. I'm living the life I choose to live. I thank God for His blessings in my life. I know there seems to be an, an attitude in the world today and even in the church that says association is close enough. Some want to hang out close to the church but live with their heart very far from Him. The Bible talks about that. He talks about what would happen in the last day. People would have a form of godliness, but they would deny the power thereof. Let me say to you today that being almost saved will not get you to heaven. King Agrippa, almost being persuaded is the exact is the exact thing that the enemy wants you to say. To be almost saved is to be altogether lost. Satan is happy when you are almost, almost saved, almost ready. In our text, we see one of the saddest 
in, in incidences in the entire Bible. The apostle Paul preaches to King Agrippa. And in his own words, King Agrippa said, I am almost persuaded. He was almost persuaded, but he was completely lost. I want you to know that God's word will always accomplish the purpose for which it is sent. Somehow today, I hope that the heart of this pastor shows through. Every person in this room feels what I feel. I understand. I see it. I notice it. I understand my motives are often under attack. I understand that my that that, that my desires and my motives and my agendas are often put on display and under attack. I understand the work of the enemy. I recognize what the enemy wants to do. But I come this morning to tell you with a pure heart, there's not one person in this room that I want to see lost. This week we've had three days of prayer and fasting as we gave ourselves to the Lord, as we have sacrificed through fasting and sacrificed through prayer. I've come and prayed and seen those that have come and joined us, joined us in prayer. Last night my wife came home with a picture she shared with me that was taken as some of our members of this church. Sister Paula didn't come to embarrass you this morning. But my wife came and showed me a picture of Sister Paula Myers laid across this, this front of this platform right in front of this pulpit with tears streaming down her face as she was travailing for the anointing of God to rest upon her pastor to preach this morning. I sat in this building over on this left side this week with tears streaming down my face and said, God, don't ever let me lose what I feel. Don't ever let me lose the passion for soul and the heart of the matter. This is more than a job, more than an occupation, more than counseling sessions and hospital visits or a moment on the platform. But this is somebody's eternity that is in stake. I don't want you to be lost. I don't want you to be eternally lost. I come preaching to you this morning and tell you, don't be another almost statistic. Paul began to testify before King Agrippa and Festus. He told them, he told them of his training in the school of Gamaliel. He became chief among the Pharisees of his persecution of all those Christians whom that Paul persecuted, of his conversion on the road to Damascus when the light sprang in, of his blindness and the healing of his subsequent call to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. As Agrippa listened to the testimony of the Apostle Paul, his heart was touched, his spirit was stirred. I want you to know that every week as I come and stand in this pulpit and preach to this congregation and preach to this church, I often wonder who is God speaking to. When I bring a message forth, I often wonder who is God talking to today. What is God doing? Paul knew very clearly. God was speaking to the very heart of Agrippa that day. Just as I am positive this morning that God is speaking to the hearts of people in this room today. Those who are listening online, those who are watching by live stream, and those who are in this room this morning. God is speaking to you today. Don't be an almost statistic. King Agrippa heard the gospel preached so clearly. 
His heart was touched by the power of the Holy Ghost in his message that the Apostle Paul brought forth. Agrippa was so close to heaven at that moment in his life. He was closer to heaven than he would ever be at any point and all throughout eternity. And for a brief few minutes, God was reaching for Agrippa's heart in one great attempt to reach Agrippa's soul and to turn his life around. The Holy Ghost was tugging at his heart. The heart of King Agrippa was being called to repent. God was using the Apostle Paul to reach for for King Agrippa in an attempt to save his soul. This was a a last-ditch effort, a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. His effort to reach King Agrippa was so clear. The question is, would Agrippa hear the word of God? Would he obey the call of God in his life? Would he respond to what God was speaking and to what God was doing? His his eternal soul was hanging in the balance. During Paul's sermon that day, his soul literally was being weighed in the balance. Paul was hoping that his testimony would have a powerful effect upon King Agrippa. Somehow, Paul knew that Agrippa believed all that he understood and that he knew the truth. But the question was, would Agrippa surrender his life to the Lord? Sadly, the answer came at the end of Paul's testimony. The words of Agrippa have rang out throughout the centuries as words that represent the answer of God's call upon every soul was hung in the balance. And of course, he turns and says, Paul, you did a great job. And I almost was persuaded. I come this morning to tell you it really it really means a lot when people say, Pastor, you preached well. Pastor, that was a good job. I appreciate it. I appreciate the words of comfort. I appreciate the words, the words of affirmation. I, I appreciate it so much. But I come today to tell you that if I never receive another compliment for preaching a good message, I just don't want somebody to leave here today and say I almost was persuaded. I want people to be absolutely persuaded. I want people to be saved. Almost. What a terrible, terrible word that is in the fullest meaning when applied to the salvation of a soul. Almost so close to heaven, yet to never see its wonderful glory. Almost so near to the love and mercy of God, yet rejecting its purpose for which it was sent. Almost so close that they could reach out and touch the Lord's nail-scarred hands. And yet to never hear him say, well done. Almost so close to heaven, but one decision away. What was it that kept King Agrippa? from making the right choice? What was it that kept King Agrippa from being fully persuaded? It is the question for the ages. It is what I fail to understand. I watch people's lives as they fall seemingly apart. I watch people, I have people come and sit through my office. I counsel, I help them. 
I try to persuade them to make changes, to do the right thing, only to watch them walk away and go their own direction, do their own thing, pay no attention to the Word of God. I don't have the answer to what it is that changes people from being almost persuaded to being fully persuaded. But I want you to know this morning that the only thing that is going to get you saved is for you to be fully persuaded. You've got to be fully persuaded. You've got to believe. You've got to know that you believe. And when you believe to the point of fully believing, it will call you to the point of response. You can't say you believe something if you don't respond to what you believe. Believing alone is not going to get you saved. But absolutely believing will cause you into a response that will bring you to a point of change in your life. It will cause you to repent of your sins. It will cause you to be baptized in the only saving name of Jesus Christ. It will call you to the point of changing your life and being filled with His Spirit. As I come to a close with this message this morning, I want every person in this room to examine your heart. What is it that you feel this morning? Does the love of God draw you today? Does the words of the message draw you? Does the heart of the pastor draw you this morning? Does my heart show through enough today to persuade you? Or does the love of this world and the things of this world scream too loudly into your ears and catch, catch your attention and draw your heart away so that we cannot hear the voice of God as He calls us to come to Him? Do we desire the things of this world more then we desire the things of God. We can come this morning and sit through a service, enjoy the music, the singing, enjoy the fellowship and all the people we get to meet, enjoy meeting new people and new faces today and connect. These are all good things to do. I enjoyed my cold glass of milk this morning and my piece of cake. What a breakfast. But that's not why we came today. That's not really why we're here today. We're here today for there to be a life that has changed. Do we desire the things of God or do we desire the things of the world more than we desire the things of God? Please don't sit through another service. And yet leave being almost persuaded. Are we almost persuaded yet left hanging in the balance? I can tell you that the balance of eternity, the balance of eternity will show that being almost persuaded is to be utterly lost. If you're almost persuaded this morning, don't make the same mistake that the King Agrippa made. Don't be another almost statistic. I'm calling you this morning. Would you bow your heads with us and close your eyes right where you are today? As Cheryl begins to sing in the background, I'm going to ask you now.
What decision will you make today? God is calling you. Luke chapter 18 gives us a story of a young man. He's known as the rich young ruler. He came and asked Jesus. He said, what must I do? Jesus tells him, don't commit adultery, don't kill, don't steal, don't bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he responds to Jesus and says, all these things have I done since I was a youth. And Jesus said, one thing you lack. Only one thing, and I want you to do that one thing. And the Bible said that that rich young ruler walked away sorrowfully. He did everything in life right except one, and he walked away sorrowfully because he wasn't willing to surrender all to the Lord. What decision will you make today? The words of this song ring so clear. As a testament to what I'm preaching, the Lord wants you to surrender everything, holding nothing back but giving all to Him, not part, not partial, not an almost, but everything, everything. Would you stand with me all over the building now? I don't want you to think long about this. I want to give you opportunity, but as we stand all around the room this morning, would you step out from where you are and make your way to the front of this room and declare, I'm coming to give my heart to God. God bless these that are already responding. Why don't you join them here? There's room for all of us this morning here in the front. Plenty of room. Why don't you come and give it all to the Lord this morning? I
right now. Pray one for another. Why don't you pray one for another this morning? 